Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team, for leading us to that place this morning. Special thing to be able to declare these things together. Well, as we begin uh, with God's Word, we're going to revisit that verse that Pastor Scott was just reading for us. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. We're going to read a little further in that passage as well and kind of set the stage for where God's going to be leading us this morning. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 to 7. We'll have it on the screen for you as well if you need, but... Let's read these things together. Prophet Isaiah says this, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Amen. A great light has dawned. The darkness of our sin has been melted away. He has broken the yoke. And taken our burden, the King of kings has come to rule over all on His throne forever and ever and ever. Amen. Jesus is here. And He is alive and He is inviting us to follow. It's Christmas Eve. A truly wonderful day, a special time that we look forward to tonight, a time of worship and prayer, walking through the story of the birth of Jesus together, the prophecies and the promises, the faith and the obedience of Mary and Joseph, the humble shepherds, the kings from the east, the veil of heaven torn back as the choir of angels declare the coming of the Messiah. God Himself born that night to save us all. It is a truly wonderful day, and I hope you'll be able to join us again. If you're not, I hope you're able to take some time to read through the story yourself in the Gospel of Luke and let God speak to your heart of His love and faithfulness, His grace and His mercy, and the lengths to which He would go to save you. Our theme this year has been the Word. We've been exploring together the power 
and the purpose of Scripture, what it is that God has given us in this book. What it is for, that He has, has meant for us to have, to see, to experience in those pages of who He is, of what He is doing. Those words written here for us by those ancient hands so many years ago. The word is relationship. It is God's revelation of Himself to us in stories and teachings, in law and prophecy, in worship and lament and wisdom. God has spoken to us and we have His words here in His Word that we can know our Creator. But as we've journeyed along, we've come even more as we've come into this season of Advent. We've come to see the Word is not just a book. It's so much more. It's a person. Jesus is the living Word and in Him is found all truth. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the living Word, born to reveal the fullness of His Father to us, the nature of relationship, of creation, of the kingdom of heaven to us, that we can know Him and know life, walking with Him in eternity. The Word is life and He has come to give us life and it is only in Him, in Jesus, that we can be free. And again, that is amazing and wonderful and so true, but the question we've been asking this Advent season is, what does that mean? What does that look like? If Jesus is the Word, if He is life and relationship, what does that mean? What do we do with that? And so we thought, why don't we ask Him? And we began exploring the I am statements of Jesus, asking Him to help us see what it means that He is the Word, what it means that He is God incarnate, that He is relationship realized. What does He tell us about Himself? How does He describe Himself? What does He want us to see? A friend of mine and I text back and forth all the time and, and talk about Jesus quite a bit. And one of our fra- favorite statements to remind one another of is we're you know, sending each other memes and things we're seeing of how the church operates or how people perceive things. One of the things we say to one another very often is everybody's talking about Jesus. Nobody's talking to Jesus. And it's important that we come to Him when we get in our own heads and talk about what we think about Him We begin to make up pictures of who Jesus is when we need to come to Him and ask Him who He is. And so Jesus told us, I am the vine and you are the branches, that there is meant to be no separation 
between ourselves and Him, that our very life flows out from Him, that we are fixed in place with Him, and that by His Spirit, His very presence flows through us, producing fruit and bringing more new life into the world. And He said, I am the gate and I am the good shepherd. He is the way to life and He is our guide. He is our protector. He is leading us to those green pastures and beside those quiet waters. He is providing and preserving and helping us to thrive. He said, I am the bread of life. He is our very sustenance. He is enough. His flesh is real food and His blood is real drink, bringing life and restoration, forgiveness and transformation if we will believe. This is who He is. What He has told us. And as we spend time with Him, letting, us, letting Him speak to our hearts through Scripture, through the Spirit, through the body of believers, the Word will bring us light. A light for the whole world. John chapter 8, verse 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows Me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John chapter 9, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And God prophesied this so long ago as we read this morning, Isaiah chapter 9, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Jesus is the light of of the world. And it is in him that we can finally begin to see revealing truth, revealing sin, revealing hope, revealing love, revealing his father, revealing salvation. So many of these I am statements overlap in some of the ideas that they're sharing as Jesus is describing himself to us, talking about truth and life, about Jesus providing for us and protecting us and leading us. Lots of these statements have similar ideas behind, but this statement is a little bit unique because there's a couple of different aspects to it and it stands a little bit unique among the I am statements of Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world and, and light brings life. That's something that Jesus talks about often. And as we think about this metaphor, it calls us to mind of things like the sun, warming the earth, feeding the crops, pouring life into everything. Even just simple pictures, the simple Joy it is to watch an animal sunning itself in a sunbeam. Or for us, we travel to warm and sunny places. We get some sun here too, a little bit, but it's not the same. We all know that. We travel to warm and sunny to just sit on a beach in the sun, enjoying the warmth, letting that light rest on us, being refreshed getting a tan. Or the other side, when you're in 
a dark room or, or a scary building? Have you ever been in an, an old abandoned building at night in the darkness? Or even just in your own basement? Maybe you're all braver than me. But you're down there and you start getting the creeps and your mind starts inventing shapes and shadows until you turn on the light. And suddenly that abandoned building isn't creepy and scary, but it's an interesting place to explore. And your basement isn't creeping you out anymore. It's a comfortable and familiar place. How much do you miss the lighting aisle at Canadian Tire or Rona when they had all those fixtures lit up? You could go there and there was, there was a feeling to it. There was a vibe in that aisle. It's nice. Light is good. It makes us feel good. It brings peace and hope and comfort and warmth. It lets us see, lets us work, lets us live. And that's what Jesus is describing. That's what we can experience with Him. Warmth and light, life, clarity, vision, truth. The light of Jesus brings everything into focus. It casts away fear and worry, fills us with hope. It is good. He is good. He is the light of the world and He shines on us all. But there's another side to light. The light brings life and it illuminates places of darkness and fear. It brings clarity and truth, but light also exposes. And the sun also burns. John chapter 3, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. That whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. But people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Light doesn't just help us see the goodness of God, it also exposes the grossness of our sin. And that doesn't feel good. Jesus is the light of the world and that light is warm and wonderful when we are submitted to Him, when we embrace Him, but it is harsh and it burns, it leaves us exposed and raw and vulnerable if we do not. When the light shines on us, it can reveal things that we don't like, that we are embarrassed of, that we are even horrified by in our own hearts. Parts of our behavior, of our personality, our actions, our thoughts that we don't want to see and we certainly don't want others to see, that we don't even want to acknowledge 
that we don't want to deal with. Light is a powerful and a dangerous thing if we're not ready for it, but we have to embrace it. We have to embrace Him and let His light shine on us, revealing those things we don't want to see, that we don't want Him to see as if He doesn't already. It's as if we've been living our whole lives in a very dark room, and when that light first comes on, when we first let Jesus into our lives, it can feel blinding. Our eyes are adjusted to the darkness, and when that light comes on, we turn our face and we hide our eyes. It hurts. But it's also exciting because for the first time, all of a sudden, we can see shapes and colors in life. When the light of Jesus shines on the world, it shines on life, all of a sudden you can see all kinds of things that you couldn't see before, all kinds of beauty in people, in the world. Things that are hidden when we're lost in our own selfishness and pride. When instead of being made in the image of God, other people are just a burden or an obstacle, when instead of being a gift and a joy, life is a drudgery and a struggle of suffering, the light of Jesus transforms all of that. We have hope, purpose. And at first, again, it can be overwhelming, but as our eyes adjust, Jesus begins to show us those dark places, those shadowy corners of our hearts, and He begins to bring light there too helping us to clean them up, to release them to Him. It's hard. But Jesus is gentle. And if we're yielded to Him, we'll even begin to hunger for Him to reveal more and more in our hearts. My own prayer so often is, Jesus, show me my sin. Show me the places that I don't see and burn it out of me. Let your light shine on it so that I can be free. It still hurts sometimes, but we start to hunger for it. We don't fear the harshness of the light because we've experienced the joy that comes when the light is shined on our sin and it's replaced with grace. We don't fear what the light will reveal because we know it's not about us, it's about Him. And all I want my life to be is a reflection of Jesus. And that's what He wants too. The light doesn't just shine on us, but it shines in us. Jesus doesn't just walk beside us, but is alive in us. And He calls us to carry that light with joy and boldness. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Ephesians chapter 5, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, uh, goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. 
Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light is illuminated and becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Notice the words that Paul uses in Ephesians chapter 5. Not you were once in darkness, not you are now in the light of the Lord, but you were once darkness, and now you are the light of the Lord. The light of Jesus doesn't just shine on us, it shines in us, burning away our sin and our selfishness and filling us with His glory and presence in such a way that it should shine out to the whole world. When Moses came down from the mountain or went into the tent of meeting to be with the Lord, when he came out, the people couldn't even look at him. He had to cover his face because the glory and holiness of God shone off him with such power and majesty that the people couldn't even handle it. How much more with the presence of the Holy Spirit alive in our hearts should our lives reflect the glory of God, the light of Jesus shining in us, radiating through us to touch the lives of the people around us, to bring light to a world that is lost in darkness. That sounds pretty good to me. Jesus is the light of the world. And on that night, 2,000 years ago, the gates of heaven broke open and light came into the world. The people walking in darkness There in that stable, in the town of Bethlehem, in the city of Jerusalem just a couple miles away, across to the great city of Rome where the ruler of the known world sat, a light dawned in that manger that spread across the face of the whole earth driving away the darkness, bringing hope and bringing life to all. Jesus is the light of the world. Is that light shining in your heart? Can other people see it? Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for giving us Jesus. We thank you for sending that light into the world. Even if it hurts, even if it's uncomfortable, that light shows us our need, shows us our sin, and helps us to see the work that Jesus desires to do in our hearts. Father, we pray that we would live as children of light, that we would embrace the light, that you would show us further and deeper into our hearts the places you want to expose, that we can be led more and more into freedom and life. Embracing grace, hope, love, the fruit of the Spirit. And then bringing that light alive in us into the world, into the lives of the people around us. With gentleness and humility, kindness and love. But exposing things that they can see the truth. 
and see their need for Jesus too. Father God, we thank you for this season and this day, and we thank you for the things we are going to explore together. We ask that you would lead us into your light. In Jesus' name.